So let's everybody warm up, get to it. Rebuke Julian. Nobody's emailed me. What? What? No, okay. seriously. Well, we Let, have an email account set up, people. And let's start this up. For yeah. a reason, which is to rebuke Julian when he says silly things. Clearly, Daniel and I won't ever do that, but Julian does say things from time to time. So use the email, please. RebukeJulian at gmail.com. Yes. Thank but you, Gmail. We are going to talk about um, the other act of worship tonight. Remember five acts of worship, and we said uh, there were some other like miscellaneous things we could consider that were um, acts of worship that weren't one of the five. So I know Daniel's got one on his mind. We went over fasting already as an act of worship earlier, which I think actually was really good to call that out because I think we all need to do that. Well, well, Jesse, recap for us what the what the oof. traditional five. Oh no, you didn't. Mm. Oh, okay. See what he does. Yep. You yep. got it. You got it, man. Pray, you got it. Sing, Lord's Supper, sermon, and collection. Oh, there it is. You tried Nailed to it. trap me, didn't you? Nailed it. Ooh, <laughs> you know what? He practiced. I had it written down on a post-it note from two weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> it was still somehow on my desk. I can't believe it. <laughs> Outstanding. It worked out well. Outstanding. We did throw in fasting. So mm-hmm. 5.1. Yep. But, uh, got? yeah. Daniel's got something. Yeah, he's what got, got something. Fire. I do. I've got one. It's from, um, what is it from? It's from 1 Peter. No, it's not. It's from 1 John, chapter 1, and verse. Nine, I believe. Yeah. Well, let's take a look at First John, chapter one. Let's start in verse five, and see if we can pick up what we're talking about here. First John, chapter one, verse five. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you: that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light. We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. So I want to consider as an act of worship the idea of confession. Is confession an act of worship? Hmm. Interesting. Or should hmm. or should it become an act of worship if it's not currently? <laughs> For if we can confess our sins, He is faithful and just the to forgive. Seeker Synod is going to elevate this one. <laughs> <laughs> Synod. You and your big words. I didn't I even. Know, right? I had to look up synod just now. So I always thought it was synod. Synage. Synage. Yep. Like that's the tissue, like mm-hmm. between the bones. Or like oh. if a, a lot of people are sinning, it builds up a synergy. No, sir. Oh. No, sir. Oh. Okay. Sorry. I, I've gone too no, far. No, sir. James oh, wow. five. I, I'm gonna throw in the old James five sixteen with this one too, Daniel. Uh, there we go. Therefore, confess your sins one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. 
The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. I thought I would throw that one in because we've already established prayer as part of it. This might double up and help you stay in the door. Yeah, this kind of kind of links confession and prayer hand in hand, right? Mm-hmm. What verse was that one, Julian? I'm sorry, James five sixteen. Oh yeah, yep. It's it's interesting because, um, yeah, clearly this is an important thing that we do, right? I mean, very important. Well, most thing of us in our in our corporate group worship time together on Sunday mornings, we make space at the end of the service for confession. It's very rarely taken advantage of, Mm -hmm. but we do sort of carve out a little area where the opportunity to make a public confession if necessary is available. Um, Again, we don't typically take as full of advantage of that opportunity as I think we ought to, but that's a different story. The fact is we do make room for it in our worship assemblies. It's true. Yeah, we do, but we, yeah, like you said, we don't take advantage of it. And I think it's easy to let ourselves off the hook with it because we're like, yeah, well, we, you know, we have the slot and no one took it. So everyone's doing great this week, you know, perfect, perfect people again, <laughs> nailed it. Um, but yeah, it seems like we set it up in a situation where it's very intimidating to want to go forward. Like, I don't know, somehow the culture, at least where what I'm used to, is that unless something like seriously is going on or it's of a public nature, I suppose, or like, you know, you've got some major, you know, major life problem and you just kind of are at the edge of, you don't know what else to do. Maybe like, you know, people, I've heard people get up before that we're dealing with, you know, forms of addiction or whatever. And they just said, you know, wanted to make it known to people so that they could be praying for them. And, um, you know, and also I think sometimes when you um, put a name to the problem that you have, it kind of helps make you accountable to that thing. And so, um, so I've seen it in those forms, but these are, yeah, the rare exception. It's not like, I don't think that's the intent of what the author has here. He's not saying when, when something blows up, you know, you know, the one in 20 years of your life, you know, this is when you're going to do this thing. It's Confession not like, is the last resort. Yeah. But we treat it like the last resort sometimes, don't we? We put, like you said, we put this sort of a, a stigma, a, a negative association with the idea of taking advantage of confession in front of everyone. Um, because for whatever reason, because we don't, do it enough. Maybe we don't necessarily believe James when he tells us to confess and pray for one another. For sure. Um, Maybe we don't believe John when he says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us because Mm -hmm. sometimes we have a hard time forgiving ourselves or sometimes we've confessed to a brother or sister and they have misused that trust that we put in them. But none of that changes what scripture actually says about the act of confession and the absolute necessity, I believe personally, the absolute necessity, if you really truly are trying to get sin out of your life, confession is the Bible's way of doing that. So why don't we think of that as a, as a worshipful act in the sense that it brings us into closer communion with the Father? I'm just thinking about it. When you said the last part brings us in closer communion with the Father, that is 
I say, I would say, in my opinion, but hopefully it's John's opinion, the essence of First John chapter one. So yeah. he's talking about this connection with the Father, which re- it, because that's what he says. He says, "I want you all to be able to share in this," in like first five verses or so, um, and this fellowship that we can all share because you're all individually connected with the Lord. And then the that that next section is all about how there might be like a falling away from that because of how we choose to walk, live, uh, and behave. And then how we have to be truthful with ourselves. If we sin, call it what it is and confess our sins. Otherwise we, we make him out to be a liar. And I think that I can see what you're saying about confession being the act of drawing near to God. But from James perspective, confession is also it is also where we are vulnerable and very transparent with our brothers and sisters who, if we use First John, we are connected to through fellowship, through God, and with each other anyways, right? And because of this connection, we confess our sins to them. They are going to pray for us. You're giving them an opportunity to share with you in this fellowship. This is all good stuff. And, and then... Uh, as a result, this this earnest prayer uh, is going to achieve great results. I'm looking at different versions, and they all say very cool things. Great power to prevail. Great power as it is working. Powerful and effective. Like, So you actually are able to draw someone else in in this act or in this, um, in this moment of vulnerability, reconnection with the Father, and just pure honesty uh, to God. Uh, I like it. But I like some of the things we're talking about, too, which, like, the way I said it, it sounds very, like, wonderful, very romantic. But like you said, Daniel, there are blockers that, that many folks have to this, including myself, because there is always the always the thought that the person you are confessing to or people or group uh, will not will not handle you and your situation in a way that's keeping in step uh, with a loving relationship, right? That they might injure you uh, and, and, and or they might gossip or they might, you know, something. And so there's always that fear um, that the person who's going to be praying for you, the people who hear you, um, that they're not going to to really handle it like they should. But isn't that evidence of a, I don't even know how else to say it, but a broken fellowship? And shouldn't mm-hmm. that be of the highest priority to repair? And so wouldn't then confession be a great way to go about repairing that, where we, where we present our brothers and sisters with an opportunity to to do what's right in the sight of God and to handle um, their responsibility and confess. Because when it comes to confession, everyone has a responsibility. We have a responsibility to confess our sins. The person hearing our confession has a responsibility to to embrace us in in a spirit of love and fellowship mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and 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 mercy. And so, 
we're never going to get to do any part of that if no one is engaging in the confession that Scripture so very clearly states we need to be doing. And so I think it's I think it's it's an atrophy type situation, right? We don't use those confession muscles, and so they get weak, and and we we struggle with it when it comes time to actually deal with a serious sin in our midst. Um, you know, one of those times when somebody does have to make that dreaded long walk forward, and and, and how are we going to be able to deal with that if we're not dealing with confession on a regular basis? Yeah, and I, I think I struggle even with the term, and I know you, you two aren't, I know how you think about it, but I even struggle with the term about like serious sin, and now it's time to get public with it yeah, because of yeah. what you just said. Like this relationship that's supposed to exist all the time. Um, yeah, what's what's interesting is had the this relationship really existed, I think sometimes what we consider to be serious sin wouldn't even happen, um, because you're in the life of someone to such a degree and such a high level that in some instances you may not even get there. You may not because you would feel the need to to constantly be in conversation with somebody. Um, and kind of the dark places that we tend to go to when when we when we do some of these things, uh, the lights there constantly. It's it's a cool thing about First John one. So I think that's that's an opportunity. Um, but as you said, when so, when if and it happened, it's not a big deal. It, it is 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 a big deal because it's an opportunity to pray. It's an opportunity to be with somebody and encourage them. But it's not the time where now we get to start speculating. Oh, I wonder what they did. You know, they didn't. They didn't tell. I know they didn't tell the whole truth because blah 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 already told me something was going down. You know, yeah. this stuff happens. And uh, unfortunately, I think that's another reason why uh, folks. Because you talk about the Sunday gatherings, right? And why sometimes, uh, as Jesse said, it, like. It's presented, but it's just presented because traditionally it's presented. The opportunity is presented, right? Uh, but, you know, I saw somebody raise up their hand uh, in, in a Sunday gathering, and and they were like, yeah, you know, I need prayer. And I mean, you know, it's like literally everyone turns around like, <gasps> you know, like inhaling them. They had trouble <laughs> staying in their seat. They had the grip, you know. And I, and I bet they were thinking... Uh, don't we all like, <laughs> like right? Like, but why are you gasping? Is it? <laughs> yeah, what, what happened? I, I'm thinking point. of a specific instance where I texted you, Julian, and I know you were out of town for work. You're on a work trip somewhere. I texted you. I was like, I think I need uh, to confess something. And you're like, you dropped everything. And you're like, dude, you're at you're at your phone. Can I call you right now? And it was just, it was a. I had run off my mouth when I shouldn't have, and it was weighing on my conscience. I knew that I had said too much in this situation, and and so I confessed this to Julian, and he had just he had dropped everything. He heard it, he prayed, he lifted me up to God, and it was awesome. It was, and I feel like that was a worshipful experience, yeah. because he and I were connected through the Word to the Father, and and that burden that I felt from that it was just lifted. It was just gone. And then I had to go and deal with it, but I didn't have to do it with that sense of guilt and shame anymore. And so, I don't know. To me, that idea of like us gasping when somebody 
has the audacity to admit that they've messed up is just utterly the wrong response in every circumstance. Yeah, it, 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 it's almost disgusting. I Look, and I, it, oh, go ahead. Oh, but you, you, no, no, me, then, okay. But I will say, even when you called me, Daniel, see, you were talking about the responsibility and what it does for someone. Like, that did a lot for me. Like, I'm out of town, I'm away from my family, I'm on a work trip, and I'm, you know, you get a little bit disconnected. But then when you text me, we get on the phone, and regardless of me talking to you about this, like, we're reconnecting. I mean, it's almost like you're right there in, you know, in the car with me, and I actually was uplifted from that moment because I wasn't having a great day. <laughs> I remember this. And, and I get off the phone, and I hop out of the car, man, I got, like, a little pep in my step because we just... We just fellowshiped together, um, and and so you actually pulled me in closer from that experience. And plus, every time a brother or sister, what I consider to be steps up, like it's like I always think, oh, oh, this is the game we're playing. Okay, you know, it like takes it up right. a level, and I was yeah. like, whoa, this is what we're playing. And then you feel good about being in the game. I'm like, man, I, this is great. So like, then you know, when when I go in here and and run my mouth in the next 10 minutes, which is probably going to happen. I know who to chat with, <laughs> you know, and I'm serious. It, it really takes the other person up a notch yeah. as it should cut you off. Will more hit it. No, it's, this is, yeah. I mean, this is a great topic just because I think what we're talking about here tonight really highlights that something's broken in the way we at least are used to worshiping with our the custom that we're, I guess we're used to. Doesn't it seem like we're not taking scripture seriously? Because we just read several scriptures. That oh, look at the time. I have got to go. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, enough for seeker yeah. tonight, folks. I mean, the, the, yeah, because I mean, clearly, like, there is, um, uh, there is a big place for us to confess our sins to one another. And... We've tried to put it in a little box that's convenient. It's like, okay, we made a time for it, maybe at the end of worship or something, but if you're going to do it, it's going to be really embarrassing for you, like not the best platform, no other like real way to do this you know, with a group or anything, no structure, and we're not doing it. At the end of the day, we're not doing it. And also, I don't really want to do it if I'm being perfectly transparent because mm -hmm. it makes me deeply uncomfortable to think about like, you know, right now I confess my sins to God. Like it's an A B conversation and everyone else can just see their way out of it. <laughs> so but that's not what the scriptures are saying is the right way to handle this. And there's some other design here that we are derailing when we, when we take that away from the scripture. And um now, does that mean it has to be like you know you stand up at the pulpit in front of, you know, two hundred people and spill your guts? No. Right. There has there can be other mechanisms for how you do this. Absolutely. Right. Yep. So. Um, but but we're, I mean, there are some pockets doing this, I'm sure. But by and large, I would say that I don't think that we're doing this. And and then and then that that's what makes the gasping happen when someone does finally get up the guts to go do it because they are so desperately in need of help and they don't have anyone close enough to them. So that this is the only avenue that they have. So they do it and then everyone gasps at them. How much did that help them? Like it creates a broken system. Yeah, I think it's a real shame that we 
push someone to the point where they feel like they have no other option than to ask their brothers and sisters for prayer. Like, that just, that's a heartbreaking thought. We ought to be engaged in this so much that it really should very rarely come to the point where we have to stand up in front of a room full of people who are going to gasp at us. It should be as simple as a text message. I really need to talk right now. Yeah. Um, that's where this needs to start, I think. Before we get it, we elevate it to the congregational level. But I don't think starting it at the text, <laughs> you text your friend level, takes it out of the realm of worship. Mm-hmm. Right? And not like, yeah, there's when two or more are gathered in my name. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people getting together in the presence of their God to give him glory, honor, and praise. We do that when we follow his word, when we do what he's asked us to do. And I think he's given us this specific mechanism, like you were saying, Jesse, he's given us this mechanism for a reason, right? He's put us in the church for a reason. It's not just to hold down the right pew. It's to build one another up, Ephesians 4. It's to equip each other for the working of the ministry, which means restoring a brother who is lost in sin and and restoring a brother who is stumbling a little bit counts too mm-hmm. um it's not i don't know i hmm. i'm about to get all worked up oh boy <laughs> wait you're not worked up there know, uh <laughs> there are i've seen communities where where this this works okay wait i wanted to back up <clears throat> one more you were i think you were taught you were you were saying something about this and it triggered a thought I had, which, which you said, I know there are pocket, pocket strings. Is that what you said? Pocket, uh, pocket pockets, pockets of people, something like that. Oh, I thought you said pocket strings. And I was like, that's a new one. Never heard of it. It's a P and W thing, but I know <laughs> no, what no. it means. I was like, look, got it. So you're, <laughs> there are some people who do it. And I bet the people who participate in this, it, it's probably so natural um, that, that it's like, oh man, Hey, can I, t- Hey man, pray for me. Cause look, look, I'm, I just wailed off at my boss and that is not acceptable, man. I made the whole place look ridiculous. Like pray for me. And they're like, yeah, let's do this right now. And it just, it's so natural because they're in this, cons- this constant state of just talking and confession and prayer and just, you know, kind of looking out for each other. Or, or people say, like, how can I pray for you? Surely you've had somebody text you and say that at some point. Hey, man, I just want to know, how can I pray for you today? Boom, another way that we can kind of work this out. And, and then it's not necessarily like, on you know, publicly, uh, you know, at the end of a Sunday gathering with the spotlight on you. They only turn one light on for that. It's just the beam that goes down over you. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I was also thinking that I have seen some communities where this works, where people do it publicly. Um, and I, I remember a couple of instances in different locations um, where where this sort of thing happened. And in one, one sense, I was a little bit uncomfortable, but it thinking back, I was uncomfortable for the wrong reasons. It was beautiful. Um, a, a lady came forward and she was just talking about how her daughter was slipping, had, had slipped away and she, she was, she had tried so hard to talk to her about Jesus and just confirm 
uh, his love and his care for her. And she, she just said, Hey, look, I can do this on my own. Don't need this. And she said, I, I just, I don't know what to do. I want, I want somebody to pray for me and my husband and my family that she'll, so she'll come back. And before she even, so she was saying this, I I know there's, depending on where you are in the country, depends on who actually gets to talk, right? Like (laughs) the fact that I said that may have freaked you both out that she got to talk, but so (laughs) she said this and, um, people came out of nowhere to come sit with her. People were crying. It was cool. And I mean, I'm talking multiple friends of hers came up to the, 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 the pew was packed with people that came right up to be with her. And I thought, man, yeah, this, this is more the response that should probably occur than the gasp. Right. Mm-hmm. And here's the um, thing about that. I'm going to cut you off real quick. You cut was me that off. that woman sinning? No. Of course she no. wasn't. Of no. course she, she wasn't. She, she came forward for prayer. But she needed help. Absolutely. She needed encouragement and support from her church family. And that's what she got. And that's a beautiful thing. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. And and I have seen, so that was more of a, you're right, more of a we need help. And I've seen it. I've seen it work when somebody came forward and they said, hey, look, I got caught up in, in a big disaster and I need help. Same thing. Same thing. I've seen, you know, it just didn't look like people were shaking their head and they're like, I knew it. I knew it. People were walking up, man. And they just embraced this gentleman. And and I was this is the one I was uncomfortable with because it, it felt like the whole church cleared out to, to get on this, to get with this guy. But why not? I mean, is no, <laughs> this is a member cool. of the this yeah. is a member of the body, man. And and you want them to know that they are loved and they are appreciated and all you're doing is reflecting the love Christ has for them to begin with. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if the father and the prodigal son hits the road and starts running and we all know he like, he probably like, that's, that's crazy for him to be running. Like, well, we wouldn't do that. So yeah, I think it can and should happen that, that people are excited to pray for others and, you know, when people weep, we weep. When people are excited and laugh, we laugh with them. And we we come alongside of them and just try to hold all that judgment junk. Like, just leave it. You know, this is about them being right with the Lord. It's funny that you bring up the, the parable of the prodigal. Because I was just thinking today about the, the parable of the stodgy older brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and how often, also. We, how often are we that guy sitting on the pew? Oh, well, sure. He gets to mess up and he just gets to come right back in, right? He gets to go and, you know, how often do we take that attitude mm-hmm. when somebody really needs us instead to throw our arms around them, to lift them up to God and to to show them love and compassion? Oh, that's a good point. That's mm-hmm. a good point. Because, you know, that you could take that. You could take that view. Somebody comes forward and, and maybe everybody knows they've been struggling forever. They come forward and and all you think, man, yeah, uh, this is embarrassing. I hope that hope they feel the burn. And then then you start misusing scripture. Godly sorrow produces <laughs> repentance. Feel that godly sorrow up there. You know, this is what happens. And people say, yeah, if you, just, I, I hope it's lonely up. You know what? It's like, what is that? Uh, what? He, look, we baptized a guy in Africa several years ago, and and I I know I've told you guys the story, 
But if the seeker audience has heard it, hear it again. Um, so this guy comes forward in the middle of my one of my long-winded sermons, and he tells the interpreter, he asked him how much longer I plan on preaching. And I mean, literally, he walks straight up. I'm in the middle of talking, and he walks straight up, interrupts me, tells the interpreter, like, how long is this guy going to preach? And he turns to me, he's like, how much longer do you have? And I'm like, I, I don't know. We're in Africa. Nobody times it. I don't know. Uh, and he's like, well, uh, he wants to know because he wants to be baptized. And so the longer you talk, it's it's kind of prolonging. Like, he, he's ready to get this thing done. So I was literally like, it's a wrap. Hear, believe, repent, confess, and be baptized. We're done. Right? And And so it was over. And so we, as a collective group, we all start because we have to walk down to this river to baptize this guy. We all mount up. It's tons of people walking. And this dude is as happy as he has ever been. And an old lady comes up to me and with somebody translating, she says, why are you going to baptize this man? And I said, for every reason, like he believes that he needs the Lord. He understands who he is. He knows Jesus is the son of God, like he understands it's going to wash away his sins. He, he wants to devote his life. And she says, he's the biggest drug dealer in the continent of Africa. <laughs> she said, why would you <laughs> baptize this guy? And, and I said, because he's the biggest drug dealer in all of Africa. Like that is the answer, right? And, and I think, I think that's, that's some of the problem whenever we talk about this. Like, yeah, if somebody's coming forward because they need Jesus, Jesus came to seek and save the lost. He came to get those who were sick. So, yeah, they may be sick and it may be obvious, but this is the moment, man. They've come home. Dodgy, mm. what'd you say? Dodgy older brother? What'd you say? That's perfect. <laughs> Stodgy older, older, older brother? older brother. Stodgy older brother. Like, yeah, get off of it, dude. He came home. Like, come on. You, you're already good. Uh, and then you step back and you go, well, you probably weren't that good. <laughs> you should be coming <laughs> forward as well. Oh, too good. Man, all this seems to be boiling down to just a, an, an extreme interconnectedness that we should have as brothers and sisters in Christ with one another. Um, and that worship really truly boils down to being um, something that you are deeply participating in, that you're involved in. Like none of this stuff that we've talked about tonight or even all that acts of worship or, or anything are, are a spectator thing. And, mm. you know, it's so it's so easy to go to worship and, you know, just be fed and you leave. Um, but, man, the hard work is putting yourself out there, getting involved, talking to the people that you know are kind of needing you to talk to them, um, not just talking to your friends every week. Like, how can you help people and make that a goal every week as you're trying to find out if there's something you can help with? Um, and when, you, when you're purposely trying to deeply interweave yourself in with the body of God, these opportunities are going to be all over the place. And you're going to know these people are struggling with sin. Yeah, and it's just going to become part of your conversation. And it's not going to have to be an awkward, weird production or we just ignore it and hope it goes away kind of a situation. Um, I mean, that if, if I were to try and sum up what uh, these acts of worship really come down to, it's being super diligent and involved in all these aspects. 
Amen. Couldn't have said it any better myself. Hmm. Man. Amen. Yeah, I'm glad you picked this one. As a, you know, I was, I was kind of thinking at first when you brought it up, I was like, is this an act of worship? But I think we already kind of said all the acts of worship aren't really just all acts of worship. They're all like acts of living in a relationship with God, right? And because <laughs> they're not, none of these things really are Sunday only things. I, I don't think that there's anything that really we decided was limited to Sunday in all the conversations we had. And this perfectly fits that same, that same framework. Yeah. This was a fun series of conversations, you guys. Thank you. It was. I mean, by next week, we'll probably think of three more things. Probably, I'm, sure, I'm sure there's many more. We just haven't thought of them yet. But let us know what we missed at rebukejulian at gmail.com. Did we, did we miss sell, sell everything you have? Come and follow me. Oh, don't make it awkward. Ooh, gotta go. <laughs> Rebukejulian Ju- at gmail.com. Julian with an I. I think when I first met you, Julian, I would spell your name with an E. because Did when you really? I, yeah, because when I took French in high school, my name, my French name that I made up for myself was Julian. But I spelled Julien. it with an E. Julien. Julien. Yeah. yeah, and so that's how I spelled it. So anyway, yeah, it's not we, that one. No, no, my name's Julian. Because I'm from the South. <laughs> Julian. Nice. Cool. All right. Let us know what we should cover next, y'all. <laughs> we don't know what's next week, so stay tuned. Bye, everybody. <laughs>